Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Today, I'm starting a new series that I title Kingdom Principles of Wealth Creation. I trust God that it will be a blessing to your life and it will transform your finances in a very outstanding way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start by saying that I have come to believe that Christians can never blame God for being poor and that God doesn't want you to be poor. So we're going to look at four major study areas. The first thing we're going to look at is why some Christians become poor. And the second study area we're going to look at is why does God want Christians to be rich? And then the third step is what steps must a Christian take to become rich? Then the fourth one, which is the very, very key study we're going to look at is how can I become a wealthy person? All right. So let's look at the first one today. And today we are looking at the subject, why some Christians become poor. How many of you have met a poor Christian before? Hallelujah. The first poor Christian I ever met was myself. And I tell you what, being poor is not good at all. If you met the first church I pastored, if you met them, remember, and ask them, what is my best food? You'll be surprised the food they'll mention for you. I had to make food I didn't like to become my best food. Poverty is not good. And God does not want you to be poor. But you can become poor if you are a Christian. Let's read the book of John chapter 12 from verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who will betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor. So that's sometimes when you hear people talking for the poor, be careful how you hear it. Because not everybody talking for the poor really care about the poor. Verse 5, Judas Iscariot said, this ointment could have been sold for 300. In other words, he had already valued it. He valued it. And he said, this ointment they poured on Jesus is a waste. You know, there are some Christians who believe that any good that is done for men of God is a waste. Judas is that kind of person. Yeah, There are Christians who never cry for men of God. They cry for the poor. They said there are poor people who need help, but they never said, what did the pastor eat yesterday? That is Judas. And the question is, the woman didn't take the ointment from Judas. She didn't take it from the coffers of the church. She took her own personal ointment. Are you understanding me? And there are people in the church who won't even let somebody exercise his discretion to use his own personal gift the way he wants to use it in the church. And when you meet such people, you have to be careful because they are very dangerous and treacherous people. Praise the Lord. Let's look at verse 6. For he said this not that he cared for the poor, but because he was what? A thief and had the money box. Judas was the one who kept Jesus' money box. And he stole from it all the time. But he felt that oil being poured on Jesus' head is a waste. I tell pastors, you can only tell the person who is most likely to betray you in the church. By how they behave, anytime something good is going to be done for you, the pastor, the way the person's face shows will tell you what will happen to you. 
He did not care about the poor. He had the money box, stealing from it every time, and he used to take what was put in it. Stealing from church started with Judas, and it has continued till now, and to continue till Jesus comes. I don't know why I'm talking like this today. Verse 7, but Jesus said, and this is my focus, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Please, when you see somebody taking his precious money or something precious and decided to give it to the church, you don't know what God told the person to do it. It's not your money. In every church, there are some people who never give, but even if somebody's giving, they'll find ways to insult, discredit, undermine the person until the person regrets. There are places when you give, you feel like you have sinned for giving. Jesus said, this woman did this for my burial. And none of them knew at that time that Jesus was going, even going to die a few weeks after and be buried. But this woman felt prompted. And that is why I tell people all the time, look, if God speaks to your heart to do something for him, stop looking at other people. Oh, nobody is doing this thing. Me, I'm, if God tells you, take this and give it to the church or give this to your pastor, stop looking at other people. You never know. God is giving you opportunity to be blessed. And God doesn't bless the masses. He blesses individuals. Individuals. He has done this for the day of my burial. Verse 8. Verse 8. For the poor you have with you always. I was in Israel. And on Sunday morning where we had our devotion, I was supposed to do the exhortation. And I was meditating. And the Spirit of God took me to this scripture. And I've never seen it like this before. That Jesus said, the poor you have with you. For how long? I said, ah, wait a minute. Is Jesus trying to say poor people, it's like it is for granted. You will see poor people forever. I thought he was going to say one day poverty will be eradicated completely. But Jesus said, the poor you have with you. In other words, whether it's in church, it's in your family, there will be some people that will be poor. By all means, is it like that is their destiny? Is Jesus trying to say, it is the destiny of some people that when they are born, they must be poor. Or is it that some people's line of behavior will always make them become poor? The poor you have with you always. I declare that you will not be poor always. I said, I declare over your life that even if some people be poor in your family, you will not be among the poor. In this church, if some people decide that they will be poor, I declare you will not be among those people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The poor you have with you always. Look at that. I said, God, what is this? Then the Holy Spirit showed me a scripture in Proverbs 22, verse 2. He said, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Then I got the answer. I got the answer. The rich and the poor have one thing in common. What is the common denominator of the rich and the poor? God is their maker. That means they are both Christians. That means they both serve God. God is their maker. Now the question is, is God partial? Is God partial? Does God discriminate? No. Let me give you a scripture that qualifies this one and helps you make the logic and the conclusion. James chapter 1 from verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom or any other blessing, let him ask God who gives to what? All. How? Liberal. I know I freely, generously. And without reproach. In other words, without discrimination. If you look at the Amplified Version, it says that who gives to everyone 
liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given to him. It means that everyone who asks from God, God, I want to be rich. God, I need this. I need that. He gives to all liberally, freely, without rebuking you and say, why did you ask that you want to be rich? So this scripture, if you put this side by side, Proverbs 22, verse 2, you see that it is not God who made some people rich and made some people poor. It is the people's own choices and actions and behaviors that made the difference. The difference between the rich and the poor, God is not responsible. It is the people's own actions. Amen. So we look at some important actions that causes poverty. Why do some Christians become poor? Number one, laziness. Number two, greed. Number three, stinginess. Number four, rebellion. Number five, envy. Number six, unintelligence. There's no amount of prayer, prophecy, gimmicks. There is no amount of aquantre, spirituality, that will make a Christian rich. Who is guilty of even one of these important attitudes? No amount of spirituality will make a Christian rich. If a Christian is lazy, what does it mean to be lazy? To be lazy means unwilling to work. There are some people who just don't believe in working. They don't believe in it. They are always finding excuses why they cannot work. They are finding explanations why they cannot work. They are always blaming other people for their predicament. They are always accusing people, but they will never work. Hallelujah. They never work. If you read the book of Proverbs 10, 10 verse 4, it says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. This scripture tells you that nobody was born poor. Everybody who is poor you met, they became poor. They became, becomes poor. He who has a slack hand becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Every hard worker with the blessing of God on your life will become rich. Demons can fight you. Witches can fight you. If you can be committed, consistent, and dedicated to your work, it's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time. Proverbs chapter 6 from verse 6. He said, go to the ant, you slack guard. A slack guard is a lazy person. Go to the ant, oh lazy Christian. Consider her ways and become wise. That means when you are lazy, you are not wise. You are not wise. Consider her ways. Ponder, look at how the ant works. And, and ponder over it. Think about it. The ants never rest. They're always busy. They're always busy. They're always working. Look at verse, verse 7. Which have no captain. They don't have a leader. Overseer or ruler. That's it. And they provide her supplies in the summer and gather her food in the harvest. When it's summertime, not when there is harvest time, they also get busy. When people are, you know, harvesting crops and bringing it to their home and putting it in place, the ant also get busy looking for its own to keep it for the winter because they cannot get food at that time. How long will you slumber, oh sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Do you know what they mean to slumber? To slumber means almost every five minutes you are dozing. You know, there are some people who sleep ten times a day before I realize they've gone on a sleep break and back. How long will you slumber? Sit down behind your desk at work. You sleep five times before you close. It interrupts with your focus and your dedication and your commitment. You have to become diligent to the point where you sleep when it's time to sleep and you work the rest of the time. Now, how long is a human being supposed to sleep? 
average of eight hours. Normal human being who want to be healthy seven to eight hours. If you cannot sleep up to seven to eight, it means that you are sick. Something is wrong with you. How much time is left from eight hours? How much time? Sixteen hours. Sixteen hours. And out of that 16 hours, research has proved that the most successful and wealthy people all over the world, they work 12 hours every day for six days in a week. 12 hours, not eight hours like our African system. That's why there are more poor people in Africa than anywhere else. Because it's only here people go to work at eight, close at five. And in the night, the whole work environment is shut down. Go to developed countries. There is life in the night the same way it is in the day. There's work going on in the night. Successful people, six days a week for 12 hours they work. When you meet a rich person, don't just desire his riches. Find out his work ethic. They are hard workers. They don't just chat around, have time to gossip, chat around and lousy meddling in other people's matters, you know, Anything around you want to know what is going on. And yet, you cannot spend your effort and energy on anything productive for your future. How long will you sleep, O oh, sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Verse 10. Let's read it together, everybody. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Uh-huh. So shall what? Poverty come. On you like a surprise. You know, some people get surprised that they are poor. Oh, oh how? How am, I, how am I poor? The answer is here a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, no matter how you pray. The scripture cannot be broken. You can be prayerful and lazy and poor. And your need will come like an armed man. This is not a case. This is not a case. This is scripture. And I'm talking to somebody here today. You can make a choice. It is your choice. I tell people all the time, your profession doesn't determine your prosperity. It is your work ethic. Don't be deceived that if you are a lawyer, you will be rich. Those of you who want your children to be something. Any profession, if you are a doctor, I've met poor doctors. Who, if you meet them, you don't want to meet them again. Because they don't even know they are left from their right. You'll be asking yourself, how did he get his professional certificate? Because he doesn't know anything about healthcare. You can work in the bank and be poor. Yeah, you'll be poor. Every profession, whether it's music, whether it's a public servant or a civil servant, a teacher, a farmer, there are some farmers that are rich. There are farmers that are poor. There are business people that are poor in debt for life. It's only a complimentary card. That's all. Because the title doesn't make you rich. It's your work ethic. It's your work life. You have to be diligent. Up till now, I pray for minimum of six hours. I read minimum of two hours every day in the week. Every week, I finish one book. There are musicians that are rich. It is their hard work, diligence. There are some lazy, lousy musicians who will never get anywhere. So please, never desire somebody's position until you first know the price he's paying. Proverbs 20, verse 13. He said, do not love sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. That one, I don't need any to add a teaching on it. Let's read Proverbs 26, verse 13. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. They're always finding excuses. 
Everything you ask them to do is never done. Why? They have an excuse. They have an excuse. A fierce lion is in the streets, verse 14. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. Praise the Lord. If all you do is watch TV the whole day, you'll be poor. I have a television in my house. It never gets turned on weekdays unless newsstand. I'm telling you, you can surprise me at home. And weekends, when my children are home, need to entertain themselves. Weekdays, I'm home, but my TV is not on. Because I can't imagine having time where I am, I am in life and just enjoy myself watching TV. Unless it's an important program. Hallelujah. You spend three hours, five hours on social media every day. As if it's a full-time job. Social media is not a full-time job. Do you know what social media is for? It is to take stress from you. When you work for a long time and you want to take stress out of you, then you go on social media and find something that will make you laugh a little. You're not supposed to stay there more than 15 minutes. This is successful people's understanding of social media. You're not supposed to stay on social media for more than 15 minutes. You spend your precious life wasting it on social media, sharing things, liking things, sharing things, and you share all nonsense. Excuse me to say. Because you are so lazy, you don't read, you, don't, you know nothing. So when, even when you find a fake news or a lie, you can't even tell that this thing is a lie. You just share it. And sometimes you respect people so much until they send you some stuff. And sometimes I, I, you know, I just lose respect for people by the kind of things they send me. I just say, ah, how, how could you share this at your age? At your age and time. I'm not referring to anybody here. Because you must be intelligent enough. Listen, you can just take up a course, a course online with your smartphone than to be on, on social media. You can take up a course. I learn a lot. I listen to some of the brilliant people on earth on my smartphone. You can just type and you are, you are in a lecture hall in Harvard or Oxford. And you listen to intelligent, smart people that make you start reasoning properly. And start figuring out how to focus your efforts. Take advantage of resources that are available at your disposal that can make you a wealthy person. And stop blaming people as if they owe you. Nobody owes you anything. That's why I'm not angry with anybody for not helping me. No, no. I am not angry with anybody in my life. Uncles, brothers, sisters, friends, church members. I want you to be prosperous, not because you, I want you to come and do anything for me. No, but... Seriously, I have never been angry with any church member for not giving to me. Because, I mean, God has been too good to me. I mean, yes, I've come far in life. I, I have come to believe and appreciate the faithfulness of God. I believe that what I'm teaching, you know, when I took over the church, I used to say, these things I'm teaching, this is the same thing I am doing. Because I don't want anybody in this church to one day stand up and say, other people are getting rich, me, I'm not getting rich, I don't understand I used to say it that time. How many of you remember? Yeah. And at that time, I didn't have a car. I've come to this church in taxi. Those times there was no Uber. Taxi. Sometimes I come to church in public transport. To this church. Are you hearing me? You cannot waste your life on sleep, on TV, on social media. In fact, there's nothing important on TV. Yeah, that's what I've come to conclude. Nothing important. There's more lesson to learn in the Bible. In other books, there are very good books which are not expensive, which are not expensive. This week I read a book titled Before You Quit Your Job, authored by Robert Kiyosaki. I bought it for 20 CDs. 
the amount of information there is more valuable than 20 cities. There's no important stuff in Nigeria movie. It was done for enter entertainment. Hallelujah. You can entertain yourself every day and become rich. There are people just like leisure and pleasure. Pleasure. Party. Party. Go, I'm going here. I'm going to enjoy myself here. I'm going to this place. That's all. They hate work. They hate work. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's why some Christians will pray and pray and pray and pray. Fast and fast and fast. Do everything. Receive prophecies. Receive anointing oil. Receive all other aquantra and everything. You know? Because you can think I'm not anointed. You, um, you are going somewhere for special oil to prosper. Go and get it. So when you just apply it, your business will change in 24 hours. Go and buy it. Apply. And let's see what happens to your business. Until you change your attitude to work. And now forget this. What makes somebody rich or poor is not their profession. It's your work life. Anything you do, you can become rich in it. If you are a teacher, I've met very rich and prosperous teachers. I've met a photographer who is so rich. He has built houses in Accra, has a lot of tenants. All he does is photography. But he doesn't take photographs on Clagon Street. Whatever you do, if you can do it with diligence, with diligence, yeah, with diligence, it's only a matter of time. Keep doing it faithfully. Think about it. Joseph served once in the slave house. God saw his faithfulness and said, I'm going to promote this guy. Listen, where you are working now, you decide to stop thinking that it's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's job. And you start thinking that this is my destiny. And you work hard, faithfully, no matter how well you are paid or where you are not paid. You work hard. It is God who sees your faithfulness and says, I have to move this guy to a higher place. God never promotes lazy people. David was a shepherd. He could have died a shepherd. And there are many people who started life as a shepherd, died as a shepherd. So David did not become king because he was first a shepherd. So, okay, me too, I want to be king. I'll go and start as a shepherd. It doesn't work that way. You should find out why did God pick David from taking care of sheep? He was never paid. David was never paid when he was taking care of sheep. When he was taking care of sheep. He just did it to the point of risking his life. When lions want to take a lamb, David said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll kill the lion. God said, wow, I need that guy. If that guy is on the throne, my nation will be safe. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it is God who sees you. How well, faithfully you are doing that work. He looks at you and says, no, I need to open the door for this guy. I need to open a door for him. I need to lift him. I need to... Before you run, I wonder, you just be there. I know people in this church who got the job without applying. Somebody just recommend, you need a good guy, call that guy. Some Christians, you better don't employ them. Some Christians, when you employ them, it is like saying, Lord, I just want this business to collapse in Jesus' name. Because they will run down everything and destroy the company and be happy they did. And go and sit down at home unemployed. I don't know, if that is not madness, I don't know what it is. It is not about what you are doing. Don't say, I'm waiting for the right job. I'm looking for a job in an oil company or this. No. Start where you are. Start where you are. Do anything, but do it well. And do it faithfully. Start where you are. Amen. Amen. We all have 24 hours in a day. And we all have one life. 
which ends from 70 half past, based on how long you want to live. Life is not going to repeat itself for you. What you do with your time now, that's it. And don't live your life, grow up and say, oh, I wish I had done certain things. Well, you have all the time. You have all the time now. And what do you do with it? You have all the time. What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? And you sit down and take an inventory on how you, you use your week, how you plan your week, what you do the whole week. Ask yourself, is this worth a multi-million? The way I spend my time, the number of hours I sleep, the number of hours I watch TV, the number of hours I'm on social media, and the number of hours I gossip about other people, and the number of hours I meddle with other people's matters that does not concern me, and the number of hours I work. Is this worth it? And never be deceived to think that being a millionaire is just by mouth talk. Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire in Jesus. I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, there's a place for faith confession. But listen, faith is not only believing and confessing. Faith is believing, confessing, and acting on your confession. So if you say, I'm going to be a millionaire, question is, how do millionaires behave? How do they live? Find out. Find out. Find out how do millionaires work. Then you realize that, oh, the confession alone is not enough. I pray in the name of Jesus that every spirit of laziness will live your life in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of idleness. Idleness. Slumber. Every spirit of slumber, I bind it. That spirit that makes you hate work and love sleep, I destroy that spirit in your life. In the name of Jesus. I pray that the Spirit of God will fill you with diligence and wisdom and understanding and commitment and seriousness and zeal in, the, in everything that you do in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Spirit of God will fill you up and give you grace to take responsibility for your own life, to chart your own course and achieve great things in your lifetime. May you be an achiever in your lifetime. In the name of Jesus. May you be an achiever. May you be a man and a woman that influences the destinies of many by your great achievement. May your life be a testimony that glorifies God. In the name of Jesus, the Lord prosper you and take your life forward and take you out of poverty all the remaining days of your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.